and welcome to a very special edition of Hattrick. I am Jordan Dallard-Coltman, joined by Braden Dallard-Coltman and Elliot Tanti. For those diehards out there wondering why it has taken an extra three days to get this out to, I promise it will be worth the wait. We had some scheduling issues, but we had to make it work this week because we are celebrating our 100th episode, boys. Congratulations. 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 That's fantastic. Uh, It's dedication from all three of us to have put in the hours, put in the time, and to have committed over the course of what has now become almost a full three years together, doing this off and on at the beginning and then much more consistently recently. And I really appreciate the fact that uh, I've had these opportunities once a week to sit down and talk about sports with these two guys. Uh, I know it's been fun, it's been interesting, it's been challenging. We've had some interesting conversations, some fun, difficult conversations. Like that's what the show was always about was we were trying to be kind of like the anti you know sports chat show we wanted to have the bigger conversations talk about different things just what we cared about and what we were interested in and we try to do that i think as best we can and proud of where we are with it you know it helped launch a network and lots of other shows so uh my hat goes off before we even get started to both of these two guys for their dedication dedication to the show and it also goes off to all of you listeners out there who have been with us whether you've been listening for the last five episodes where you're actually hitting the century mark with us. But this is going to be our last episode. But that's what it sounds like you're about it to does, say. It does sound a little bit like a week. <laughs> so does. thanks for all for being here. No, no, this Great is just the beginning of another four or five hundred episodes. Uh, but it, we do appreciate it. And I think it's that's important. Not, that's not where I thought you were going. I thought you were going. That was Hattrick. And we're letting Elliot go. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. What would we do we'll without let's see how the next let's see how the next 40 minutes goes all right here it is here, here's topic one okay so it is a special episode and we will have a little bit of fun in topic three but we are going to talk about some more serious sports news because there's lots to talk about and that's what the show is all about so we were off uh, like i said we were a few days late on this story we, we we weren't able to get to it right as it broke but basically one of the largest sort of bombshell morning news dumps we've had in the sports world recently coming last week when it was completely out of the blue um, declared that the PGA tour was basically set up a merge um, a merger with the um, the PIF and, and, and what it was live golf and all of the Saudi backed money that had gone into it. There's basically been a, 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 uh, what's the word from like a military turn, like a turn of phrase, but like a, a detente or whatever in what we've been calling the Gulf Wars for almost a year and a half. I mean, literally like the premise of an entire Netflix series, these two rival sports organizations, one that was holding this moral high ground and principled sort of defense of, of its resistance to the Saudi backed sports washing attempt uh, of a golf league. And now all of a sudden completely out of left field, the sucker punch to the golf world where all of a sudden the PGA tour is just, they've laid down their arms and said, let's all be friends. It was shocking, obviously for all of us out there, just as observers of it, but it seemed like it was equally shocking to the golfers themselves. I mean, I don't know, Elliot, where, what your first sort of uh, reactions were to it or how it kind of came across your desk. But I mean, Rory McIlroy talked about like literally finding out in the moment. And there was, there were tweets from other guys, these guys who have all been staking their, sort of claims to defending the PGA all this time, basically finding out on Twitter. Where did you find out? And what was your first reaction, Elliot? Yeah, Twitter. And I didn't believe it. And then someone made a joke about it and I didn't believe it. I actually had to go and like, look it up to make sure it was actually real. But I like, I was shocked. When's the last time a sports bombshell of this size of a story has dropped without leaking beforehand? Like 
it's it's sort of crazy how it just sort of came out of nowhere and caught everyone by off guard. Um, I think it's because it was a backroom deal that very few people knew about, but is going to impact a lot of people. And by saying that, you probably get a read on how I feel about the entire situation. Um, but yeah, it, it was just, it's like a massive, colossal sort of story that just came out of nowhere and crazy. Well, and as you say, like a very small handful of people clearly <clears throat> in the loop on it. But it's also crazy considering golf is one of those sports where you have such a diaspora of different people and it isn't like a unified league where you've got like teams and back off front offices and stuff. These are all a bunch of highly paid individuals and it's a very gossipy sport. You find out we, we you know, this is the kind of the last sport I would have expected to have this kind of airtight news dump. As I said, like it really surprised me too with how it was. Brayden, what was your first reaction and where did you find out? Definitely stunned. I mean, I don't know if this was before or after Messi's announcement. And that was another kind of like, whoa, where did that come from? Except the fact that we kind of knew that there were discussions happening about that okay. thing. This can't, this literally was flashbang. All of a sudden, these two entities who have been, no one took Liv seriously. No one took Liv seriously. And then they had billions and billions of dollars they were offering essentially poached players from PGA. Like the whole, the whole optics of it just it's a business deal you talked about them like now they're friends i don't think that's the case i think this was just uh, like this was an opportunity for pga who probably sees the investment of f1 growing and other leagues growing to go let's let's make an acquisition here let's find some sort of partnership that will help financially this thing continue and i mean it's crazy for some of these athletes who who really were hard bent not to go to the live side and now these live players with these, you know, ridiculous contracts just coming back and it's all one thing. I don't know what it's going to be like, or like what the actual, like this merger actually means for the organization. Yeah. And I think that's that's, not clear to me. I think that that's still developing. What I think we have learned in the last couple of days that wasn't necessarily clear at the very beginning was kind of how this deal shook out. So obviously the largest part of it is a huge investment in the PGA as a brand. So basically the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia has purchased a, uh, like a, like a, uh, an ownership share in the PGA brand. Uh, They obviously already had owned the live golf brand within its, their own golf entity. It sounds like, over time, that live brand itself may just be let go of, and that's less important to the deal specifically. What matters more is the relationship between the PGA and the PIF. And the key part of it is that, from the sounds of it, they're basically giving a permanent board seat to the chairman of the PIF, and they will retain an additional three seats on top of that for the PGA at all times to make sure that the PGA, quote unquote, has control. They're not ceding control of the PGA to the Saudis at this point, yeah. but this yeah. is like step one down a very dark and very dangerous road where you have very unpleasant bedfellows here. We know the stories. We know the history of this, this, the way that Saudi Arabia as a, as a nation has used uh, its, its financial reserves to sports wash, to invest in organizations, business organizations, like the way that this, this Saudi Arabia, you know, two decades ago was not dissimilar to North Korea in the sense that it was like, uh, it was like a shadow state that no one was dealing with. And then slowly as the newer generation of Royals have stepped in, they've recognized that the way to gain and grow influence globally is to what do exactly what they're doing, which is to invest in, um, 
these other markets that allow them to get influence in the Western world. I mean, Saudi Arabia bought Newcastle United in the Premier League only a couple of years ago. They have a huge stake in Formula One, which causes its own you know, difficulties and struggles. And we've seen how different drivers have, have struggled with, with reconciling that part of it. They're continuing to invest in things, you know, to support like Qatar having the, the, the world cup. And I'm sure we're going to see a Saudi Arabia attempting to, 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 to get an Olympics in the next couple decades. Like it, they are growing forward in this attempt to whitewash their horrible, horrible human rights um, record. The fact that we know, blatantly that they've killed journalists jamal khashoggi most notably but they've they've done a lot of absolutely heinous things and now they and at the same time are continuing to try to say look the other way with all of these shiny pretty toys that we're going to invest all of this oil money we have blood money in the big piece for me elliot with this whole thing and i'd love to get your thoughts on this was sort of the like hypocrisy and also two-facedness of jay monahan who is the head of the pga tour like we talked probably five or six times on this show over the course of, of this whole saga with live and P- the PGA just about how it was playing out and how, again, and I said this in the lead in, but like the PGA really planted its flag on the moral high ground. They really wanted to say, we don't have the money to pay these athletes the same amount, but we are expecting these athletes to do the right thing to, to, to be on the right side of history. He evoked nine 11 victims. He evoked, you know, um, all kinds of, examples of what I was just talking about with, with Saudi Arabia and, and their bad history. He evoked all of that stuff to try to win the moral argument. And here he is immediately flipping around on it. And I don't know how, number one, he keeps his job in the face of this. I don't know how guys like Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Tiger Woods, these huge, incredibly important to the sport of golf players who also stake their own reputations by not joining Live and not selling out, now how they look to him in any form of leadership. Like for me, it's got to be one of the most dramatic turns um, heel in like the history of, of leadership in sports. I mean, we all hate Gary Bettman. We all hate, you know, Roger Goodell, yeah, yeah. but like these but guys usually say XFL one thing and they stay the on that path. Yeah. We don't have these guys just completely like, you know what I mean? Like he just signed a deal with the devil. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree with you on that front. I mean, the hypocrisy, like there's the nine 11 stuff, which is gross and discussing the nine 11 families and what he did with all of that. Uh, you know, the about face around that, you know, there's the lack of communication to players clearly going above and beyond their head. But like, like when you, when you, when it comes down to it, how many players passed up how many millions of dollars for, to maintain the integrity of the PGA and you, know, Mon- and you know Monaghan is getting paid through this. Yeah. He'll get a kickback somewhere. We know this is just how business works. You have to think, like, in order to make this type of a switch for the good of the game is really for the good of his own pocketbook. So he's doing exactly the opposite with which he asked players to do last year when he was in real trouble and Liv was starting to gain success. And I think that that in and of itself, for me, like there's lots of bullshit here. There's the sports washing, Saudi Arabia, all of that stuff. But we cannot forget the fact that he is literally doing the thing he asked other players not to do now. And that is like the the most disgusting piece of this. That's, that's all I have to say. Now, the other thing, I think he had a health episode today. So... Uh, I hope nothing happened. Like I think he's still alive, but something happened. Um, so I'm just being. He's, 
He's the statement. I think it was yesterday, but the statement basically said he's had to step away from his job temporarily due to a medical situation. That's all it said. So yeah. he's not dead. So then I don't feel bad talking to speaking ill of him. Yeah, he, it, it's like awful. Something he's not dead at the time of recording. Not dead at the time of recording. Ooh. That's okay. I've already declared. I declared Joe Pavelski dead earlier this year. So this is fine. Uh, Braden. Um, I guess the question is like, what do we, where do we think this goes from here? Like, how does, how do, how do these guys who have basically for the last 12 months been sworn enemies because of the side of this argument that they chose, how does, how does this sort of brand come back together? And, and I mean, I get it. They don't have to play together on the same team. There are still competitors, but now you've got this real divide that was already present we know how contentious the masters were were this year earlier when we had players from live competing in it and you know these guys were paired up with them and didn't want to talk didn't want to deal with each other like you know i mean rory mcelroy said in his press conference i thought these guys were the enemy like i thought we had made it pretty clear where we stood on this and now they probably still kind of all but what i'm saying is like how does the pga as a brand move forward with all of this sort of fracture and mess well, it's, the PGA you know, as a brand is going to continue to support PGA golf with all of Liv's money. That's that's it, I think. I Like I said at the beginning, I, I don't know how it plays into the golf part, but I do think that there's a, a risk further. Like there must be a, a golfer's union. Like the, there will be endless grievances. There isn't. It, okay. You get shaking your head like. I don't yeah. think there's a golfer's union. There's no players association. Like, but no. that's the thing. Like th- these are going to be some very disgruntled members yeah. of this organization that's right and there's i mean i think there's already talks tiger and rory and all sorts of guys are gonna just well go tiger and rory, yeah tiger <laughs> and rory had already announced that they were going to do this monday night uh stadium series and that apparently yeah. is moving forward with the network now so they're going to yeah. do like this weird yeah. virtual not you know 18 hole golf simulator thing with a couple driving, teams but they were already going to do range. that regardless they're just doing it now um a little further but i'll ask you the same question elliot to wrap this up like where where do you think this goes next or, or can we even predict it at this point considering how many times this roller coaster has has every time we think we've kind of come through the last loop to loop we're thrown for another one interesting to see where monahan goes i'm not as convinced of you that he's going to be fired but where i do think this is going <laughs> is like he may just call it a medical situation <laughs> and leave where i do think this is going yeah take a ceo job for some um Saudi-backed uh, business Saudi-backed group. Saudi-backed business group, right? Uh, which is exactly what I was talking about in my previous answer. But no, I, you know, where where I do think this is headed is I think that there's going to be a much more substantive and direct conversation amongst players regarding their own representation and the role that they have in golf. Because I think that there's oh, a lot of players. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like some sort of union or, you know, association. Well, it'd be interesting to see what it looks like. But I think we're headed in that direction. I think there's a lot of players that are biting their tongues right now, waiting to see how it all shakes out. Um, but what's clear is there's not enough of a player voice in decisions in golf. And I that, that's something that you've heard sort of quietly and consistent, consistently in the last 12 months, and it's starting to really rear its ugly head. So one of the things that I predict is is probably some more uh, drastic changes in terms of organization and and for, from the players because it's it's frustrating. I think. Okay, well, we know we're going to have more conversations about this as it continues to develop and, and change. We will leave it there for now. That's topic one. Creativity has the power to take our breath away, to move us to action or reaction, to invite us to feel more fully alive. 
And when the creativity is coming out of the kitchen of a local restaurant, the experience has the power to do all of the above and put a smile on your face. Q Burger in Qualicum Beach on Vancouver Island is home to culinary creativity led by owners Aaron and Kevin. Together they have managed to make a local burger joint a must stop on any trip up the central coast of the island. In fact, readers of Canadian Living Magazine recently voted it one of the top five burger restaurants in Canada. And if you're saying, yeah, but a burger joint's a burger joint, then let me ask you, what other burger joint allows you to choose between a Boomageddon, all caps, with double the beef, double the bacon, and double the cheese, and Wicked Sticky, where the roasted chicken breast is topped with balsamic reduction, roasted garlic, and fried brie, or the new Sonic Pickle Boomerito, yep, with an exclamation point. And if meat is not your treat, consider a Brock of Ages, the Thai Tuna Tornado Wrap, or halibut and chips caught fresh from the ocean 10 minutes down the street that morning. The fish, not the chips. Put it on your bucket list. Q Burger, locally owned and operated in Qualicum Beach, BC. Okay, let's jump to topic two here real quick. Uh, this is going to just sort of be a summation of the two championship rounds that we've now seen concluded. Had we done the show as regularly scheduled on Sunday, we wouldn't have known the outcome of this, so it kind of timed out well for us to do it here. Uh, obviously, the NBA championship coming down first, the Denver Nuggets and uh, uh, Joker getting his championship. Uh, I don't know, Braden, if uh, you expected this. You watch a lot more basketball than me, but I certainly have never in my life seen a more nonchalant and uh, like unenthusiastic reception for winning a championship by any athlete. And I'm sure you've seen the clips of Jokic after this. It was like, he was just glad to have finished his day's work and he literally just wanted to go home. He is a unicorn. He is such a unique personality and individual. And the NBA is so lucky to have a player like this who is that good. He's sick. I think they call him 6'11", but he's really got to be over seven feet tall. He's in, he's insane with, uh, he's, I mean, two-time MVP and he's finally got his chip. So super proud of, of Nikola Jokic. And like the, the did you see the after press conference when they That's what I'm saying, the yeah. parade? Yeah. 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 It's like, I mean, all the way up through for sure he was unenthused, but to hear him, like he actually ha had passion when they said there was going to be a parade and he said, no, like, no, no, I gotta get no, home. no. When is the parade Thursday? When? No, I have to go home. No, I gotta go, I home. go home. He's got a horse race. Serbia. I don't know if you yeah, guys yeah. know this. He's got, he like rides, he's a chariot rider in Serbia, uh, rides his horses. Those must his be, horses. those must be. Didn't grow up with horses. Cause he's a big man. Very fun. How big are these horses? Oh yeah, they're massive. They're massive. But he probably um, picks them up for like workouts. It's he, yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, I'll turn to you, Elliot, for the NHL side of it. Then we see now the Golden Knights are the are the winners. They beat uh, Florida pretty handily in that series. And that last game was just a beatdown of epic proportions. From the sounds of it, Florida got pretty dinged up. It sounds like there's some lingering injuries that may last into next season now. So the the Golden Knights did more than just slay them in this series. But uh, I guess, you know, we kind of all, I think, saw this coming in some way. I think, you know, you picked Florida for the sake of argument, but I, I think deep down you were kind of pretty confident Vegas was the, be the better team here. Um, thoughts on how that series played out? Well, yeah, of course you picked them. They've got $10 million more in salary than any other team in the league. So, um, I, you know, I think 
you got Vegas gets what they wanted, NHL gets what they wanted, which is a championship in Vegas. It's a pretty remarkable story. Like six years into this this franchise's existence, two Stanley Cup finals and one actual victory. Um, so let's not make you know let's let's point to that. Like that's that's a good thing, and I think it's good for hockey. And the, there's the you know ownership group management should be proud of that. But it is kind of frustrating that there's that you know this 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 salary thing continues to linger. Um, you know, Mark Stone getting the empty netter to 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 clinch it was sort of like the cherry on the top for me in terms of like, come on, roll my eyes. Um, yeah, so congratulations. <laughs> it was like a beatdown for them. It also sucks as an Oilers fan for two years in a row to lose to the team that's won the Stanley Cup. How yeah. about how yeah. about even worse yeah. than that? You have Evan Bouchard, who's still the highest scoring defenseman in the playoffs, even after not being there out. for two more rounds. Last year, you had Evander Kane tied with with um, uh, McKinnon for the most goals in the playoffs, and he hadn't played in the finals. Guys, pretty, our time will come. Pretty tough our time will come. So, you know what story I do like about that uh, Florida-Vegas thing is that the Smythe winner, Jonathan so was the expansion draft pick from Florida to Vegas. Sure. And, you know, Marcheseau has been insane all playoffs, all season long, frankly. Yeah, I know. What happened there, guys? I thought Bobrovsky was winning it even if he Yeah, lost. I was so I was so convinced, man. I was so convinced Bobrovsky was going to continue to play the way that he played all playoffs. But Marcheseau is just that much better. Well, that so, was a difference, right? Nine goals. Goaltending, goaltending fell off. Speaking of goaltending, have you ever <laughs> seen more goaltenders out there for the Stanley Cup championship like parade there where they're all holding around the Stanley Cup? Literally every Quick goaltender who had played for Vegas this year dressed in the dressing room and came out for the, the ceremony after. Well, didn't they have the like five still got a torn groin, But he put all his pads on to go out there. <laughs> the, the, the one I thought was the, the only piece, like, and I agree with you, Elliot, like it leaves a real sour and bitter taste in my mouth in the sense that like you've got a team that number one circumnavigated the cap, no penalties for like, for me, it's as, it's as egregious as the whole Red Bull scandal in formula one. It's like, if you are not going to follow the salary cap, there has to be punishment. Cause if you don't, this is what happens. You we go back to it. Tampa and Kucherov. And this is what happened when they didn't punish that team. Vegas does the same thing. And that's the problem, so let's- right? Edmonton should do that. But that's year. my point. It's so obvious. No, but that's the Lance Guys, Armstrong this is argument. What we're missing. Not another. We're not talking one. about catering here. But Braden, Braden, Braden that's. Braden, that's the I'm same. That's the Lance argument. But I'm not because I do think it's a problem the NHL now has to start to look at because if you they don't, it will become. Well, it will. It no, will they become, can say they're going to. Other teams will start to do it because now they're what? seeing there's no punishment start. for it. This is the Twice. third time That's right, and that. So I do think there's there's something there. But there's also like a caveat that. They're actually injured too. Maybe, maybe. So Kucherov, that is how Kucherov was not. Kucherov was was cleared to play earlier, and they had left him out for precautionary reasons. And that's team by team. Choice. And by my point is that that circumnavigates the cap, and that should be punishable. The cap should still apply in the playoffs, as far as I'm concerned. The only time it shouldn't is if you've got like actual injuries where guys have to be called up once the playoffs start. That's different. But mm. t- the team that starts in the playoffs needs to be under the salary cap, or why the- Why do you have a salary cap to begin with? That's ridiculous. The second part, though, and I do, this is the only part of the story for me that's a silver lining that I'm okay with, a golden lining, if you want to call it that. I am happy for Jonathan Quick, and I'll tell you why. Jonathan Quick was done incredibly dirty by the Los Angeles Kings. This is their all-time franchise leading goaltender who had worked, who got them two Stanley Cups, worked incredibly hard for that team, even when he knew he was no longer the guy, was still coming to work every day, putting in good, uh, you know, doing what he could at his age as best he could. And they traded him to a complete non-playoff team in Columbus for 
Corpusalo basically threw him away like he was nothing. And I think that they did him a veteran like that who means that much to your franchise without even giving him the heads up or the courtesy of, hey, we're going to do this to you was really, really shitty. Columbus does him a solid. They trade him to a contender. He goes and wins the Stanley Cup. He can throw that back in the King's face. And I think that he at least for me, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that one. I like that part of the story because I think that he's, I mean, he's this arguably a Hall of Fame goaltender. Deal. You think that's, but he wasn't the value that you don't just hold on to an asset because it's no, not, but I still think it's, it's not the right way to handle a guy like that. I still, I stand by the same argument saying, I don't think that Kevin Lowe should have traded I mean, Ryan Smith at the deadline. And he did the same way. <laughs> tribute. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I think that no, there's just like, there's a ball. gentleman's code where you should have at least had the conversation with him and been like, Hey, we're going to do this. And they didn't do that. I think that even players in and amongst the what did the, the Kings LA get Kings back? Organi- Corpusalo. Yeah, like they needed that, and that was the sure. asset to do it. He's not going to retain. He's not going to stay with the Kings next year, though. He's already said it. So, oh, has he? Uh, anyway, the hope. Um, let's jump really quickly back to the NBA side of it, Braden. I guess the question is this: We always like to ask this uh, when you finish a season. It's like, so is this Denver Nuggets team? good enough and ready to go on a run here be a competitor moving forward or is this one of those like kind of a little bit like we saw uh two years ago with the greek freak in in, in milwaukee it's like this is the championship they finally got over the hill and that you know now they'll kind of recede back to the to the mean and the big teams will come back with the big stacked rosters and and we'll see somebody else in the finals next year or do you think the nuggets are, are built to do it again I think the Nuggets are built to do it again. The Nuggets have been this team and growing into this team for the last several years. They have been this consistent all year. And this Denver Nuggets team only lost four games in the postseason this year. This team is dominant and it it proves, you know, the reason they, frankly, the reason they didn't win the last two years was that Jamal Murray has been injured. Injury, To see the two of those guys together, they're putting up unprecedented points to playoffs. And they're facing off against some of, you know, the NBA's toughest matchups. I think that they will be uh, a top three seed again next year and the year after that. This is a very, very good team that is ready. And I think they're all young enough, too, uh, in their contracts that they, they, could, they could definitely um, turn it back, do it again. All right. I think we will leave it there. Uh, Elliot, you want to just really quickly let us know who won the, uh, oh, we already know. You won the uh, pool. There I think for Florida our, for our lost picks, the, right? the pool, though. Yeah, <laughs> I won the Florida picks. is a whole loss. Yeah, that's I true. I won the picks. You guys lost in Jordan. It was just a bit of catering. That's all that Red Bull had done. So, <laughs> Why have a cap then? We got to feed our, we got to feed our people, man. All right. We'll leave it there. That's topic two. The Ordinary Podcasting Network is excited to announce that we have launched a merch store on our website. The store is full of ordinary swag, including t-shirts, hoodies, and hats. You can pick out something awesome and support your favorite podcast today by heading over to OrdinaryPodcasts.com. Braden and Elliot don't know where we're going with this. This is our way of celebrating uh, our 100th episode. You know, some podcasts, they do like promotions where they give away a bunch of prizes or they do things where they invite a whole bunch of people to a bar to sit and watch them talk. We're not going to do that. We're just going to do a regular episode here with one extra topic. And we're going to do something that both Braden and Elliot always love. This is a special edition of Who Said What? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, Probably. I can't wait. I'm so Elliot, ready. Elliot hates we're doing that, that. that segment. Why aren't we doing that? No, no. We've got a better one. I've got a little. This I'm is, out of here. This is our. 100th anniversary trivia. I'm going to see how well you've been paying attention 
for the last two years. I have a selection of questions about our show, about topics we talked about, about things maybe oh, people no. said, no, and all no, of those. No. And we're going to see how well idea. you all have been paying no, attention. No, no, you can no. play along at home. You can play along at home and uh, see how many of these you as our dedicated listeners it's can like also bingo. get right. All right. Um, we've is flipped this a, a drinking coin. game? What is it? What kind of game is this? It's just straight up trivia. We're going to flip a coin here. There's the coin toss. All right, Elliot, you win the coin toss. You picked correctly. Heads or tails? Um, what the hell? Exactly. <laughs> this is how we do coin tosses. Uh, Elliot's going to have the first question. Elliot. Yeah. Way back when. Now, I should also just stipulate. This show had like a false start, I'm calling it, where we did like seven or eight episodes. And then for like two years, we didn't do anything. And then we picked it back up. So when I call this the hundredth episode, that's from like the relaunch of this show. Technically, we've done more than that because we've also done some specials. Those we've, are soft. Uh, we've done some other things. Over. Exactly. <clears throat> we'll talk about some of those in a minute. But this is a hundred official episodes of Hattrick. So I'm going back to the beginning of that. All right. The question I have for you, Elliot, is this: Can you tell me what the very first topic? that was discussed on the show with the three of us here. Braden and I did one episode without you at the beginning of this relaunch. Then you rejoined us and we did, we did a show together. What was the very first topic? I will give you a hint. It is hockey related. It is NHL related. It was in 2021. And it was mid-season, right around... I don't know, a specific time of the NHL calendar when players sometimes move from one team to the other. Are you going to tell them what it is? Yeah, so I I knew it was hockey related because I remember how I remember where I was when we did it, but I thought it was at the beginning of the season. So, but it, did we do, I, it must have been something related to trade deadline. It was just before the trade deadline. It was January 25th of 2021 and it was a trade. Can you take a guess at who the two big trade combatants were Holy in this moly. massive trade? I will give you another clue. It involved the Winnipeg Jets. Oh, it was the two centers, uh, Dubois and uh, and Line. Or no, it wasn't. It was yeah, yeah. I, okay, I remember the site. Yes, and and I remember I made the prediction. I was really the 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 thing I was mad about was that the Oilers are going to have to play against Winnipeg, who now had a really solid. Uh, core depth center. Yeah, very He's good. He's gonna be on the move again this summer, boys. That is very, very good. All right, um, very well done, well done, well done. All right, Braden, uh, you are next for us here. Back to firsts. Who is the first official guest we had on this show? official guest well we have we've had like other people come in for like am i an official guest no i'm sorry let me rephrase who is the very first official official guest guest host meaning they did all three topics with us oh boy they were here very first not right here elliot was not elliot was not on the episode so in elliot's seat in elliot's seat we had a very special guest host we had a great conversation with him about some of his own work and then Mm -hmm. we talked about Hockey the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, I want to say it was Jamie Henry. Yay. Ding, ding, ding. Well done. Woo! 
And your dad's what the I had Bob Coltman in my mind because it was such a monumental episode. That was before that was when the show was still a YouTube show idea. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Can you can you take a guess at what the second topic we did with him was? The well, we must have been talking about the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, there you go. Well done. It's logic. This this is not a hard trivia game. Oh my goodness. Elliot. That one had me sweating. Elliot, we've had several different guests on the show. And as I say, sometimes they're guest hosts. They do the whole show. Sometimes they only do a segment. We've only had one former Olympic athlete. What sport did she compete in? Bobsled. Can you give me your name? No. Ah. Do I get to steal? Yeah, you can steal. uh, Alyssa Rissling? Alicia Rissling. Very good. Very good. Alicia. Alicia. Alicia Rissling was our first and only so far, like, competitive athlete cool. guest on the show well done you got a half episode. a point there for the for the bobsled part elliot well done what right. happened there why has it only been one what what went wrong i know i don't know we, well it's not really a guest heavy show um yeah, yeah true true but speaking of guests and this is the last guest so i have one for you jordan how many because... guests total have we yeah. had on our shows well i or might that, already be asking you that no it isn't <laughs> it isn't well, that's my question to you are we've you... had seven I did do this research. Here's the one, though, I want to ask you. Of all of the guests slash guest hosts we've had, Mm. who has appeared more than any other? Oh, I know. Brayden. I can't give it to Elliot if he already knows. I want to say Tim. No. No, Tim's only been on the show uh, twice. Can I I steal? Replacing me as a guest host and once with the two of us. Uh, You want to take a guest, Brayden, or do you want to? Well, Tim. How many, how, what, three times total? Uh, uh, I'm not going to, yeah, it's more than that. Four times total. Larice. That's right. It's got to be. It's the original mother pucker. Well, uh, we, yeah, she's been time. on the show a few times. She's done a special with us. Yeah. She's done several guest spots where she's replaced one of us, and she's also come on just for t- specific topics. Wow. Elliot's now taken oh, off the flannel. Pucker. He is getting worked into this trivia. He is fired up. All right, Elliot. This one is actually about you. So this is going to make it tricky. Now, Braden, you can steal if Elliot mm-hmm. can't name this. He needs to name five things in this. So we'll count them down with him. March 2021, we did a topic called Tanty's Top 5. He gave us the five best Oilers at that point in the 2021 season. Oh, Elliot, boy. who were your five best Oilers <laughs> in 2021? Uh, uh, Dry McDavid. In that order? No. Like, what the hell? Actually, I might, actually, I might have argued that Dry Settle was better than that year. In 2021, yeah. 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 Uh, Drysaddle McDavid were the two. Definitely had Nurse that year, and then the other two is like they just be shots in the dark. Uh, it might have been twenty twenty one. Could it have been Yamamoto? Oh, no, nope, he is not in there. Did you think that? Did you when you look back? Are you think that that was what it was? Well, that was the year he had twenty goals and twenty assists, right? So he was that actually in March. No, I that's all I could get those three. Uh, we had Leon Dreisidel, Connor McDavid, Tyson Berry, Mike Smith. Berry, wait, Darnell I thought I was gonna Nurse. steal. What the heck? Uh, I what? gave it away, I just gave it away. Yeah, Mike Smith Mike was Smith, pretty good. Though, Mike yeah. Smith, Tyson Berry, Darnell Smith. Yeah, that would make sense. Darnell Who's Smith, Darnell Smith? <laughs> who's Darnell <laughs> Smith? Best defenseman. All right. This one's a tricky one for you. We're going to talk about some of the specials we've done. Okay. We've done a couple special episodes, excluding our best of the year episodes, which 
I'm not counting in this and they don't count towards our hundred episodes because they're just like that. We, but in addition to our hundred episodes, we have had four dedicated specials, special episodes separate from our regular catalog. But can either of you name all four of the special episodes we did? Well, I can name the one where we talked about the retro jerseys. Was that, that was a, a topic. That was a topic. That was just one topic. It felt like in, a whole in episode. Our first, <laughs> in our first episode. It's like an hour. Yeah, okay, I can. I'll try. I'll try. All right, Elliot. All right. All right. There's Alicia. You're going. That's a topic. Okay. She was only topic three. So there was the draft day. The yeah. the, the, the draft day. Yeah. The Kraken draft day. Yeah. We did one. That's all I can name. <laughs> I don't even think you can name There are Jordan. people at home screaming out there. I could actually. I, I played oh, some of these myself ahead of time. Before I went and did the answer, Does I, I asked the one questions. that you did solo count no, as a special? Because neither of us were there. That, that's still an episode. All right, did here they just, are for you. Hold on, hold on. We did, one, did we just do one specifically on the Chicago Blackhawks? Or do we do no. three topics related to that? No, that was. That, I think they were all different Did we topics. do an Olympic special? I didn't call those specials. No, we did a fantasy oh, hockey special. Oh, that was a good one. Oh, yeah, right? right. We had a guest on that. Uh, That's right. We had uh, Devin Davidson. Uh, I'm interested to see how those picks went. <laughs> fantasy hockey hacks. Um, so that was one. We did a trade deadline special in 2021. We never did that again. We did a expansion draft episode. And Braden, you and I once did a um, NHL icon special where we picked a player from every team and we picked which player we thought was most iconic to that team do you remember that oh that's that's no no i was no. very that early, sounds very great early. we should do that again and maybe the we exact will. same episode <laughs> exactly exactly so that look cool there's that lots cool. there we have done way too many topics to count we've done way too much uh way too many hats off i was going to try to go through and see who like who's the recur you know who's had us take their hat off to them the most times i think it's lebron james to be honest uh just scrolling through the instagram it looks like his face that's off to lebron again so there you go uh i wanted to try to figure out what like the most common topic was those uh, we need more aggressive algorithms and aggregators for all of that but i want to say as we wrap this up this trivia never goes well in this show because we kind of just devolve into like arguing about what we remember but the truth is uh regardless of how much we remember now i know that uh along the way we had a lot of fun we've enjoyed it all the way through to this point i'm looking forward to the next hundred thank you to both of you for uh showing up for bringing your ideas bringing your thoughts for never holding back those hot takes whether it's declaring uh joe pavelski dead or it's you know sitting there and completely um bullshitting about a, a sport none of us really care about uh, or, or know much about because it's what's topical and we've got to pretend like we know what we're talking about. And most importantly, I want to thank the people listening at home who put up with our uh, bullshit and pretending like we know what we're talking about. But you, you really have made this show a lot of fun to produce and a lot of fun to share with you. All the feedback we've gotten, all the people who have liked us on Instagram and Twitter and, uh, and have interacted with us along the way, we appreciate it. To all of the guests we've had for the first hundred, thank you. Hopefully we can have some more of you back. But until next time, I want to say thanks again for listening. That was Hatrick. Hatrick is a member of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. It's produced every week by Jordan Dyler Coltman and Braden Dyler Coltman. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening.
Weaponary Podcasting Network wishes to acknowledge that the lands on which our conversations take place include Treaty 6 territory, the traditional meeting ground and home for many indigenous peoples, including the Cree, Dene, Soto, Blackfoot, Métis, and the Nakota Sioux peoples, as well as the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. We acknowledge the many First Nations, Métis, and Inuit, whose footsteps have marked these lands for generations. And we extend our appreciation for the opportunity to live, create, and share stories on these territories. The Ordinary Podcasting Network intends to engage in conversations and dialogue, which acknowledge that reconciliation is not a destination, but a journey, and that we remain committed to practicing our craft in a decolonized space.